This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Do you find yourself juggling multiple websites and clinical tools as you care for your patients? NeoCarePal is a resource providing access to multiple clinical calculators in just one place. To learn more, visit nicuconnections.com backslash NeoCarePal. This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion about new advances in neonatology and the fascinating individuals who make this progress possible. I am Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova-Barbeau. We are neonatal intensive care physicians. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator Podcast. It is Tuesday. We have a new episode of Tech Tuesday, and we are joined with the amazing Dr. Tala. Tala, how are you? I'm so great. I'm so flattered that you've asked me to be here. Thank you so much, Ben. No, no, this is this is actually a, a pleasure to have you on. I call you Dr. Tala because you're now famous for the YouTube channel Tala Talks. Um, but uh, and everybody calls you Dr. Tala, so I hope I hope it's okay yeah, that, that I call you Dr. Tala today. <laughs> um, so for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Tala's work, number one, she's very active on Twitter. You can find her on Twitter at Tala underscore Talks underscore NICU. We'll link that in the show notes of the episode. And you recently began um, posting stuff on YouTube and you have a pretty phenomenal YouTube channel. So for those of us who are not familiar with the Talatalks YouTube channel, uh, can you tell us a little bit what that's all about? Absolutely. Can I just say something first really quickly? And I know that um, Daphne got tied up with uh, clinical duties. But I just want to thank you all so much for starting this podcast. I can't tell you how great it has been for people who are, I'm not in an academic setting. I've somehow ended up in a very academic private practice. But, you know, as you go more and more out of fellowship, you're so worried about, you know, not staying up to date with journal articles and just kind of slowly feeling like you're out of the field. And your podcast has made me feel very much that I'm not missing anything like very critical. That and like you also refer to Neo Twitter. It's been so great with feeling like I'm staying up to date. And also whenever I listen to these podcasts, I always kind of go away and feel that same motivation that I do when you leave a conference. Like, okay, this is exciting. I love what I do and I can do a little bit better. Like it's really good work that we're doing. So thank you so much. Because even at this stage of my life, I'm not going to conferences as much as I'd love to. So Sorry to interrupt uh, we, your question. We, we, no, you're not interrupting, <laughs> but we know the struggle is real. I appreciate your, yeah. your kind words. Um, and it's been, but I think it's been a uh, confluence of initiatives that have really made the community feel very exciting. I'm very honored that you're, you're highlighting our work with the podcast, but I have to say that like the work you're doing, the work that EB Neo is doing on Twitter Absolutely. and on their website, uh, Michael Narvi, yeah. uh, Prem Fort, right. all these guys are really making us feel like there's, 
there's something to be excited about when it comes to neonatology. Yeah. So enough of the compliments okay. here <laughs> I just, and tell us well, a little bit. Uh, ben, on Twitter, on uh, sorry, on YouTube, they like print all our analytics. So I know what the retention is like. So I was like, I have to get that out right at the beginning. You know, people aren't Fair necessarily enough. listening at the end. So I figured I have to Fair start enough. strong. So yes, so um, we started, me and a couple of friends of mine who are both NICU nurses, um, we started a YouTube channel um, really for NICU education about three years ago um, in the like thick of COVID. We started recording in like April of 2020 and it's slowly been building since then. And already it's way bigger than we ever thought it was going to be, but it's been so much fun, really. Yeah, I mean, you have over I mean, just over 100 videos posted. You yeah. have pretty much 26,000 subscribers, um, and that's very exciting. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get into the details of the, of the YouTube channel, but I guess my first question to you is, uh, at what point do you, uh, what was the driving force behind, oh, so sorry, what was the driving force behind starting the YouTube channel? What, what prompted you to take that leap? I really wished I could take that credit, Ben. I am not a very tech person at all. My husband had to download the program yesterday for uh -huh. us to do this podcast. Um, honestly, prior to YouTube, I'd probably been on YouTube once. Our washing machine was broken and in kind of like a passive aggressive way, I told my husband that I was going to try to fix it. I went on YouTube, mm -hmm. obviously didn't fix it and he took care of it. But that was, I'd had very, very little interaction with YouTube. But I've always loved education so much. Like at every stage of my life, I've loved teaching, whether it was in high school or college. I used to tutor all the time. I, you know, was for the first few years out of fellowship. I was part of a residency program. Wherever I've been, I've kind of been the education liaison. Um, and I really just, I feel like it's the thing that I'm most comfortable doing. It helps me learn better when I'm teaching. So even if I've been in settings or hospitals where there wasn't a residency program, there has always been an opportunity to teach, whether it's the new nurses, whether it's the nursing chapters in your community, whether it's the transport team. So, you know, I'd always give like if the unit was a bit slow or I'd come in a few minutes early and just give like a 15 minute off the cuff lecture to whatever anybody wanted to discuss that day. Um, and, you know, when you do this, I'm sure you feel the same way when you've done it for long enough, like the words just kind of, you know, roll off your tongue. So, Automatic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're so used to giving exactly the same lectures, you know. And so really for the last 10 years, I'd say every single time I gave one of these lectures, one of the students or somebody would come up to me and be like, you know what, you should really start a YouTube channel. I'd be like, well, that's just not going to happen. That's crazy. And then Ariana and Justin, you know, my two friends that we started the channel with, they were like, look, we're going to do this. And then in COVID, the unit got much slower. We had more time. I was doing more overnights. And so it became feasible to actually do it. So one day Justin came in with his huge setup, the camera, and just started recording. And like right before I was like, well, what should we talk about? Okay, let's talk about platelets. I think we had a kid with low platelets that day in the unit. Literally five minutes of presentation, he started five minutes of uh, preparation. He started rolling the camera. We took it in one take and I just casually talked about platelet. I can't even watch that video now. It's so cheesy. Um, yeah. but, and then Ariana came up with a name. She uploaded it. She kind of did all the background graphics and everything. And that's how we started. And, yeah. And still, I think that's important. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, I was going to say, I think it's important to mention, I was, I was actually going to bring them up next, but it's important to mention that you are uh, working on this, not just by yourself, but you, you have uh, Ariana and Justin yeah. who are, if I understand correctly, they're both, uh, have, both have nursing backgrounds. They're both, yeah, NICU nurses. Justin's more in education now, but um, Ariana is a NICU nurse um, and works full-time as a NICU nurse. And she's a f- wow. fantastic NICU nurse. And so, and so they're the, they're the techie ones, I guess, from what yes, you're describing. They're absolutely. the ones who, uh... Absolutely. I mean, that first, that first, uh, epi- video that we published, Ben, um, we put it up and there was like three views. Obviously the people in the unit that day were watching it. And I went home post call and I woke up later and then I kept going back to the video and looking to see if there were any more, any more views. And every time I went, obviously there was one more view. So like later in the evening, I was like, look, Ariana, like we've now got like 25 views or whatever it was on this video, this like very, very below average video. And she didn't have the heart to tell me that they were my views. Like <laughs> it's, it's just you going back to the video all the time. Like nobody's watching it. And anyway, that's not really necessarily what we count. We count like the retention, like of people, there are all these crazy analytics that are published on YouTube. And it's really interesting knowing what people are actually kind of watching and everything. Do you, do you have those mm-hmm. analytics on the podcast? Yeah, we do. We do have uh, we do have s- s- strong analytics uh, coming to us like every every week. Yeah, and it and it has and it has helped us also to sort of get feedback from the community about what works, what doesn't work, so that we can tailor uh, the podcast so that it fits the needs of the community. But right. you you came a long way since then. I mean, uh, on your on your YouTube channel, I think if people are checking out the YouTube page, you'll see that not only do you have a large library of videos, but you've now been able to actually even create playlists where you have different topics that are addressed and you have, I don't know, I'm going to give some examples, but like you have a playlist on fluids, feeds and electrolytes. You have yeah. a, a, a something on x-rays, you have something on gases, on jaundice, on neuro. Um, and so I think you've you've now really come a long way from that initial video and and have a nice library of content that people can pick and choose from. And And I must say, I have the same feeling with the podcast. While the production value of the first video is always something that when you look back on it, you're like, oh, that was not great. The videos are very high quality at this point. I mean, I'm impressed that... Um, really? I'm a, yeah, I think so. I I'm, mean, like I think the sound, still, I think, I'm still filming on an iPhone, by the way. Like, I can't, I can't yeah, handle but, the tech of, like, getting a new camera and figuring that out and everything. <laughs> but you but you guys have have a, a setup that is that is quite simple yeah. where where you um you're in frame and you're explaining concepts and you're going to slides here and there and and I think that that works very well where it doesn't feel like um I mean let's be honest like sometimes you can you can really have a bad setup and and things can sound like this you know it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's oh we've had bad. those <laughs> yeah and and we yes. all had those i mean i think if people go and listen to the first episode of the podcast the sound was atrocious but i think what i'm trying to say is that the videos uh especially the most recent one are extremely well produced and they're very well organized i think oh, you have you. um objectives in the beginning as well so you sort of know how things are going to evolve i think that's sometimes big issue with lectures if you don't know how far you're going to go like um it feels like a, a walk through the desert but i think having these objectives in the beginning and like all right, i see what the progression will be and these videos i think correct me if i'm wrong they rarely exceed 30 minutes right they're usually between like 10 to 30 minutes so they're so they're super palatable i'm sure there's maybe a few that go over but in general that's what yep. I, the videos i've seen yep. that's the ones that i've uh 15 to 30 minutes yeah and I think what I'm always aiming for is kind of like a 15 to 20 minute 
the retention on a good video is about 50%. So mm. uh, by the end of the video, I would say that about 30% of people are still watching. And so you realize that you have to like front load stuff exactly like you're saying, like looking at all these numbers and realize that you have to front load the information if you want to get across your points. And it's funny because a lot of people have given me great feedback on ways that I can improve my teaching and give like more concise videos. And unfortunately, a lot of that is just contradictory in nature. So really what we want to do is start with stories. So I had a baby in the unit that was born with a massive liver or whatever. And you want to go through the details of that, which is honestly how education is kind of being run now. I mean, there's a lot of um, case-by-case studies rather than actual textbooks for the uh, medical students. But then I, I don't really know how to do it where I end up getting the information across that I want to, but I'm still making it kind of an engaging story. So I'm still working on that. If anybody has any comments, I'd love advice at every point. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is proudly sponsored by Reckitt Mead Johnson. Reckitt Mead Johnson is dedicated to the research and development of nutrition products that help support baby development at every stage, including an extensive and female portfolio for premature and low birth weight infants. To learn more, visit hcp.meadjohnson.com. I, and and I think you do. You, I, I think you're you're selling yourself um, short a little bit. I think you do that very well, and and I think that um, it's you're, you're also doing something that is quite difficult because um, the videos could be listened by anyone, and I don't believe that if you are an experienced neonatologist or you are a med student rotating in the NICU, I think both extremes can actually watch the videos and and progress at the same pace. And that's quite hard to do, I think. I think, um, I mean, I do think that, for example, even on our podcast, we do alienate some people who don't have the right background sometimes because it's quite technical. But I do feel like your videos are are quite good. I mean, when, I don't know if you watch the one on high flow nasal cannula, like you, you start from the basic and you really make a, a progression. So I think, I think that's that's Thank quite you. important. Have you have you considered um, how, how do you I guess how do you curate the the material that you're presenting and how do you decide what's uh, what's things that should make it into the video versus things that should not make it into the video? Do you have a process or um, what's your what's your secret sauce? That is literally the hardest thing. And and you know what that's like. Like you once you're mm-hmm. excited that you've learned something, you want to tell all the information, right? Like even wherever you are, if you're doing a lecture or you're at a conference or whatever, right. you are so excited that you just learned something that you just want to say everything. When I used to give lectures to nurses or nursing students, I used to literally set my phone and put it on for 20 minutes because otherwise I will talk forever. And Mm -hmm. so as I'm going through, I do like to make it like a logical progression and fill in the gaps of why they should know something. Like I'm trying so hard not to make this sheer memorization, which I feel like makes everybody enjoy medicine a little less when you don't really understand a little bit more about why we do something or how something works. But honestly, I think a lot of stuff does go out 
And sometimes I feel silly about the amount of stuff that goes out. You know, I did a PDA lecture and everybody else on Twitter and in the neonatal world is having these really high level discussions about PDAs and should we be treating at all and which medications should we use and when should we treat or should we just, you know, coil or ligate or all of these, which are just mm -hmm. a, a big part of obviously my practice and what we all kind of argue about at work as well. Um, but I didn't put any of that into the lecture. I just went through the actual physiology of a PDA, the symptoms that we have. So it sometimes does feel uh, incomplete, if you will. And sometimes mm. I feel silly when everybody else is having these really high level discussions and I'm like, a PDA is a left to right shunt type of thing, you know? Yeah. So there is a balance. I think so. And I think it's it's going back to something that Daphne and I often mention, which is uh, the analogy of being a, a bus, right? And, and that when you're giving education, you can't expect to be a taxi, which is you can't take people all the way to their destination. You can only hope to take them from point A to point B and get them closer on their journey to whatever they're trying to do. And I think if we tried, I mean, and we've tried several times as well on the podcast, when you try to to go from the basics all the way to the high end, sort of uh, the latest possible discussion of a topic, you need hours and right. hours to do the topic justice. Yeah. And then, like you said, people don't have that kind of availability. So, so you do have to make conscious decision as to this, we will start here, stop there and agree that there's more to, to look into um, and send people that's, on their journey to that, further learn more about that. So true. I was at a um, conference at PAS. It was a teaching, one of those like workshop conferences about how to be a better teacher, teach like Socrates. Mm -hmm. And um, we were doing kind of like discussing this new case-based approach and how there aren't really textbooks anymore. And everybody I feel like was being a bit, I think me inclusive, was being a bit kind of like, well, you know, at the end of the day, you have to learn all the basics. And there was a one of the physicians in there, I think she was a pediatric intensive care doctor. She said, really, that's not what you're doing by educating somebody. And I, this has stuck so well. What you're doing is giving them enough to get the curiosity to learn more and to know what they should go and look up and where they're lacking. So really, you're just planting the seeds of curiosity by educating. You're not like making them memorize. You're not teaching them the details. And that should be enough. So I do try to think that, you know, if it's just enough for somebody to be like, okay, but why is this the case? And sometimes people send me questions and they're like, why is this the case? And I really don't know the answer. Like at every point, it goes to another layer that at some point doesn't help me clinically and I've stopped learning. Once it's getting down to the biochem or the enzymes or whatever, at that point, I'm accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think there's no doubt that the videos you're putting out on YouTube with your team provide a tremendous value to whoever is, is watching them. And I am just curious as to... Um, the transition that happened from the first video to the videos that are happening today, you, you described things where you said uh, you have these talks that you have really uh, well well oiled in your mind that you can give almost half asleep because you've given them so much. But I feel like with this this project, this initiative, you've now most likely gone way Com past completely. the few talks. Right, right. Yeah. So now you're giving all sorts of talks, and I am just wondering um, how the how has that changed uh, the the your time commitment to this project, and how much time do you need to 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 prepare for a video? And because I'm assuming because you're you're covering such a wide range of topics that obviously you now have to do, I guess, 
some research before some of these videos go out and and i know that the prep work for these for these uh these videos must be uh, quite extensive yeah i mean you're absolutely right and i'm sure that you've kind of felt the same thing on the podcast as well where like at the beginning you're like oh nobody's watching i'll just i'll just right. you know i'll say whatever's on my mind if we get a couple of people that's great and then now you realize like it's not just you know you said it once and i did read this in some youtube book that you should try to improve by 1% every single day so, you know, we're all in medicine, we're all kind of the type of people that always want to do our best, I guess. And so it has gone from me just putting pressing play on the camera and just winging it to really deciding exactly what I'm going to say, doing oodles of research before I'm saying even the most basic things. I don't like saying anything now without backing it up somewhere, like gone are the days where I'm just, you know, telling you exactly what the lymphocytes do or whatever. Um, and then I pretty much write out a script roughly about what I'm going to say that day. Because again, if I don't do that, then I am just going way off the rails. You know, I've been trying to reach out more and more to different people to help me with images and with, you know, just their, their educational materials. Um, I'm going backwards and forwards now with trying to do a video on NIRS. And I'm just trying to get basically images so that I can just talk about this process, mostly because I think if you understand that, then you'd really understand what's going on in the unit. Like that at the end of the day, that's all about mm -hmm. oxygenating a baby, which is all of medicine. And it's, it's not easy. Like all these little emails and everything, they're so time consuming, all adding up. I mean, I would say it probably takes me about five to six hours now to write a script, maybe another couple of hours to write stuff out, then maybe an hour to film it. And then Ariana's like editing it for days probably as well. So that's good that she takes that over. She also gives a lot of input into the nursing aspect, like what needs, what they would like to know, what is lacking in their education. So between us, we kind of decide exactly what should go in it. Yeah, I think Ariana brings in a very uh, interesting perspective yeah. that we don't often see in uh, educational content for for something that's targeted as well to neonatologists. Absolutely. So I think that's quite that's quite nice that you have this team together. I will also say and I think this has been a massive uh a, a, a massive like help to us that I um I'm not really apart from when I'm in the NICU and I'm counting out the microliters of fluid being given and want to make sure of, you know, everything that's going on, I'm not really a perfectionist. Because if I think I, I think if I were, none of this would be out there. Like every single thing that you do, you're always looking back and being like, well, that could have been better. I should have included this. I can't believe I didn't say this in it. And so you just have to let stuff go. I think what stops a lot of people from doing things like this is they're like, well, it has to be perfect from the very beginning. And it's never going to be. You just have to carry on getting better until you get to a point where at least you're slightly proud of the material that you're putting out there which we, we really are at this point now, mostly because of all the lovely comments that we're receiving from around the world, basically. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think there, but there's, there's a big discrepancy between our commitment to the uh, perfectionist aspect of things in the NICU versus other initiatives. Because I do think that when we're in the NICU, um, we do want to do the best thing possible. Um, and... And we try because we, we don't have always the evidence to tell us exactly what we should be doing. Um, and, and we strive for excellence. But I think what is the hallmark of neonatologists, and I see you physicians in general, 
is that we are pretty good at making a decision and saying at some point, yeah. somebody's got to decide something and just do it. It's not clear whether you should do A or B, but yeah. somebody's got to decide between A or B. Um, and I think that it's the same thing where you cannot really let, if you're trying to do these types of initiatives, paralysis is is really an issue where yeah. you, you want to do things perfectly and then you end up not doing anything at all. But I do have to say that what your work and your process has reminded me is really this book that I've read before that I've given to my daughter that's called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. You should you should oh, take it. I'll definitely a, read it. <laughs> it's a small book. It basically has a bunch of insights. But the idea is that if you're doing something, then there's no shame in showing your process to the rest of the world who can then learn from you. Um, and I think you're, 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 you embody this by just the inception of the whole uh, series. Um, I, am, I am just inspired by uh, the commitment. I think that's the other thing that people tend to forget, but um, it's not like you're giving a random talk in the NICU and that you then post it on YouTube. There is a frequency to how often you post. And so how, what is it? Can you go over that quickly and tell us exactly what kind of content can people expect on the YouTube channel at what frequency? We started doing it every week. And then after about a year of that, honestly, which completely coincided with the fact that we were just spending a lot more time putting more time into the lectures, we realized that that was just um, too too often. So now we do it every two weeks. So basically every other Monday. Um, sometimes like little things come up, like recently um, a couple of people wrote to us and were like interested in doing some sort of uh, collaboration. And so we kind of put those out earlier, but generally it's going to be every couple of weeks. So, so you, I mean, on average, basically two, two talks a month, basically, basically. You'll, you'll be able to, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's what, that's, that's what intense. YouTube tells me all the time. You are putting out two talks a month. <laughs> like, I think, I think they're a bit disappointed, you know, <laughs> Listen, you could do better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think my, my daughter really likes the, the YouTube channel by uh, Mark Rober who posts like once a month. Yes. And I think if you post once a month and it's high quality, that's good enough. I yeah. think never compromise on quality just to increase frequency. I yeah. think that that's maybe YouTube wants you to do that, but that's probably, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, and uh, yeah. So if, if sorry, yeah. I was just going to say ahead. that recently, um, a few months ago, and this was great because I really felt like we were in a vacuum. Like we didn't know anything about YouTube. We didn't know really any other YouTubers. You know, you spoke about Prem. We'd had a couple of conversations, but I didn't really know anything about this world. Um, and a few months ago, um, the uh, health department, the health area of YouTube um, reached out to us and kind of enrolled us in this ongoing educational course uh, for all YouTube health creators, or there was about kind of 30 of us. And that's been really nice where they've just broken down analytics that we should be looking at, things that could like help our channel, um, just making sure that we stay on topic if that's what we want to do. Um, and they keep emphasizing consistency, consistency. And, you know, they keep saying like the magic time is probably once every every week, like as you're starting up, once there's a million subscribers or whatever, then you can kind of space it out more because you've got your core group of subscribers. But, you know, we were like, yeah, once a week isn't going to work. Uh, no, no, you're absolutely right. You have to do what's feasible. And also, I mean, the YouTube people need to remember that we do have a Full-time jobs, <laughs> like full-time, quite stressful jobs, actually. That's right. You know? That is so right. did you feel, I probably shouldn't be asking questions, but did, did you feel that you, like, have you met other podcasters? There must have been a massive learning curve for you all 
just like learning the logistics and putting it out there, even this Riverside app that we're on to do the pot, like all of that are things that you just take for granted, but it's a lot of time. But it's, I think it's a lot of time, but I think it's just a stepwise approach to yeah. improvement in quality. So every time we would reach a little plateau, we'd be like, all right, what could we improve on next? Yeah. And that's what we were saying before. Losing audio after recording was something we're like, we need to fix this. Yeah. Like, this is, we can no longer <laughs> let Zoom not record after an hour of, yeah. of recording. So, so you, you, we look for solutions and then we, we adopt it and then we let it sort of settle. And then once we're comfortable, then we proceed. And again, with, with a few, I think always with a few um, tenets of how do we do this, which are this should not impede on family life, this should not impede on work, yep. and this should always remain fun. Because if at any point we're like, ugh, yeah. gotta do this again, then why are you doing it? Like this Absolutely. is not what this is not what pays our bills. This is no. not this is just a fun project. So, um, no. so that's always been the 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 mantra. No. I, I, we're coming to the end of, of, of our, of our half hour. And, and I wanted to ask you if people are wanting to engage with you, for example, they see your talks and they're like, man, this is a lot of fun. They don't have the guts to do what you did. Is there an opportunity for people to reach out to you and, um, maybe even participate in some of these videos? Absolutely. I mean, we, uh, we do get comments from all over the world. So we get comments, I mean, from, every continent, really, not Antarctica, but just, you know, telling us that they're in the unit and, um, or they're pediatricians or they're nurses or, and it is so lovely, whether it's comments or they've told us that this has been helpful or that, um, actually asking us questions. So people comment on the videos. Um, a whole bunch of people have written to us on our email, which is just talatalksnicu at gmail.com. And have suggested, you know, different videos that they want or have kind of said to us, yeah, we'd love to be involved with stuff. And anytime anybody's been like, I would love to be involved in a video, I'm like, go for it, you know. But I think that a lot of people like you were talking about are just paralyzed by the fact that, you know, it's a it's a big step. Um, Mm -hmm. Just that first recording yourself and, and getting out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'd love to collaborate with people and we'd love to have other viewpoints and, and videos to put on by not me as well. A, a good friend of mine who's a, um, I did residency and we would, uh, lived in the same city for some time, um, as a pediatric GI and she recorded a video for us, um, on short gut syndrome. And it was just so great having somebody with like expertise specifically in that field coming in and helping us. So absolutely, we'd love to have people involved. All right. We'll have all the contact information you need to get in touch with with Dr. Tala in the episode page. Tala, thank you so much for making the time to be with us today. Thank you. Um, congratulations on an impressive body of work. We wish you the best and all the success in the world because you are making a difference. And uh, we, we just love that. Uh, we love Tala Talks Nikki on YouTube. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you're doing. I'll say it again. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the.com dash incubator.org. 
You can also message the show on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter, at NICU Podcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.